welcome listeners to Rogue Table Talk, RTT. Glad you're back with us wherever you are at your tabletop with a cup of coffee or another beverage, doing the dishes, on your commute, going for a jog. What else might people be doing? Reading their Bibles. Reading their praying. Bibles. Yeah, all the good right. spiritual things. Exactly. This is, We're going to add this to another. Sharing their faith with their neighbor. <laughs> hate to interrupt that. Anyone feel but, guilty? Yes. Anyway. <laughs> so welcome back. We are uh, going to talk, uh, continue in our series uh, that our sermon series is in, Elephants in the Living Room. Uh, everyone has elephants in the living room, challenging family dynamics, uh, embarrassing issues, that uh, awkward things that we just don't want to talk about. We want to ignore them. We want to pretend they're not there. Um, and, and usually we do that to our own harm. So what we've been aiming at is starting conversations around that. And uh, today, you know, kind of ironically, we have been trying to manipulate the air and the fan in this room so there's no noise. Right. And we're going to talk about manipulation. Manipulation and control. And yeah, the thing about elephants in the living room is there's some element of shame or something involved that makes us want to not think we have them. That's what makes them elephants. They're not something that we talk about and they're out in the open. And so we don't want to think of ourselves as people who manipulate other people. We don't, probably don't want to think of ourselves as people who get manipulated, but surely both are true. Uh, and we're going to look at the life of Samson uh, as a sort of a launching point uh, in the book of Judges. And Samson was a dude who was born with a purpose. He was going to be set apart for some purpose of God. He was a Nazarite vow. Uh, don't drink any wine, don't cut his hair, that sort of thing. and Which is a paradox, you would think. Yes. Because he's a rock and roll long hair guy, but you can't drink any right. alcohol. Exactly. It's just a paradox. Right. <laughs> it's one of the mysteries of, of theology <laughs> that we haven't solved. Um, and so he, he, he spends his life, um, really, he, it's a pretty narcissistic life where he's trying to manipulate the world to his own ends. He's obviously very strong. That's that's the part of the story that we know. Um, and he uh, is not the only episode where there's a lot of manipulation, but he is, is married to Delilah, uh, famously. And there's sort of a manipulation contest that, that, that takes place where she's trying to manipulate him. He's manipulating her by lying. Tell me what's the secret of your strength. Uh, you know, he, he wants to defeat the Philistines. She's a Philistine who wants to disarm his strength, and they're married to each other, which is somehow delicious. I don't know exactly why that's so funny, but... It's, um, a, it's a two o'clock daytime talk show. It's, it is, <laughs> right. And so he doesn't. He lies to her, just do this, and my strength will be disarmed. The Philistines bust in. It doesn't work. Um, you know, he defeats them, and she's like, you've made a fool of me. You know, you've, which is hilarious because she's trying to make a fool of him and they're trying to make a fool of each other. Uh, and when second time it happens, how can you say you love me when you're not, you know, and he could probably, if they were speaking in a non, if they were operating outside of the realm of manipulation, he would, he could say to her, how come you're trying to get me killed right. at the hands of right. the Philistines? Yeah, read between <laughs> yeah, the indirect manipulation. Let's answer that question first. <laughs> yeah, tell me your secret so we can overpower you. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, 
how does we don't you know we don't want to think of ourselves as either Samson or Delilah, um, because manipulation is is a bad thing. So what what is manip- what is bad about it? What is manipulation? Yeah, I think your your point about you know each of these elephants, uh, there's there's emotional freight mm-hmm. in underneath around them, and that's usually the arming mechanism that. Uh, keeps us from talking about them or acknowledging them. I'm reminded of the passage in the Gospels when Jesus says, um, you know, if you see the speck, if you see the speck, um, you remember that there's a log in your own eye mm-hmm. and go to work on that. Mm-hmm. And, and and then he says, then once you've removed the log, then you'll see clearly. My hunch is that once you start to recognize the log in your own eye, you're you're always going to be working at that. You're right. never going to be fully done with that. So for each of these conversations it's it's not you know who out there is doing this. It's how mm-hmm. with me and my fallen broken heart, uh, my needy heart, my whatever, how am I am I up to this? Mm-hmm. In what way mm-hmm. am I up to this? And so I, I think of the you know the illustration, you may have young kids, uh, you may not, but you've been in the grocery store where there's uh, a kid and he wants something, he wants a toy, he wants a candy bar, um, and he asks for it, and the answer is no. And so the kid wants something, and he doesn't get it. And then he can often go into manipulation mode. Right. Uh, he'll throw a tantrum. Right. Uh, he'll bargain. You know, well, what if this? Well, what about that? You know, oh, you remember, you know, you said I could do this. What about if I get this instead? Um, or they'll manipulate through, uh, you know, more subtle, uh, subtle tactics. Pouting. Uh, pout. Yeah, I'll just yeah. pout. I'll just yeah. be quiet. Right. I'll just shut right. down. I, I actually don't think, <laughs> here's what I think. Here's my theory. That doesn't go too far away as we grow up. Yeah. We just get better at it or more subtle at it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, one of the key elements of the grocery store aisle is it changes the nature of the manipulation because there's an audience and so the child knows that some for some reason in public the parent doesn't want me to have this fit where if it was at home the parent actually might be fine so we're 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 geniuses at figuring out what our leverage points are to get what we want whether that's through strength or or through through weakness and I think one of the things for, you know, what is so bad about manipulation is it really violates. If I manipulate you, I'm really violating your, the image of God in you, your agency, your humanhood, your personhood, that you're just an, I'm objectifying you, really. You're the method by, through which I get what I want. Delilah wants something. Samson wants something. And they're really just thinking about themselves and how do I manipulate the other person uh, to get what I want. And I think that I don't know that we think of it in that sense. And we we tell ourselves a happier story about it. Right. Yeah, I think that's true. There's there's uh, we run over the person. Uh, there's no respect of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of this expectation versus desire. You know, I can have this expectation, and when it's an expectation, then I'm going to do whatever means possible to get what I expect should be coming to me. There's this almost a sense of deserve, like yeah. overblown deservability. Right. Maybe entitlement's a better yeah. word. 
like I should have this, mm-hmm. I should get this, whatever this is, and you can help me or you're in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's easy to do as opposed to, I, I desire that, but I don't want to violate you. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know what you think. Right. I want to know, you know, is this achievable together yeah. cooperatively? Right. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to act in such a way that trespasses against your borders as a human. Yeah. I do think that's one way in which our culture does play into this is we tend to live in a culture that encourages some level of narcissism, some level of consumerism. And so we're consumers of our relationships. We're consumers of our marriages or of our family relationships. And I'm not getting what I want is de facto by definition bad. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's a bad thing that that's a problem that has to be fixed. And I'm, if I have to manipulate a little bit, whatever, so be it. And I think that's the, our expectations of, I, yeah, I should get what I want. And I don't think a lot of other cultures not have it to the degree that we have it. Like I'm, I'm an American. I should get what I want. And if not, something's wrong. It's something's I'm, I'll manipulate God maybe, or try to I'll manipulate people around me. And, and I think, maybe people are listening to this thinking, well, I don't think I do that. Sure. So I, I yes, you do. <laughs> that, that, was, that was not my impersonating God. That was the voice of God. <laughs> yes, you do do this. So how, what are ways in which we can manipulate each other that are subtle, that are, we, we wouldn't, we don't feel bad about it afterwards. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good question. And I think, as we've been thinking about this coming into this week, um, it for me, the methods just keep growing in my mind mm-hmm. and being confronted with some of my own ways. So let's say I'm in a challenging conversation with my spouse and it's uncomfortable for me. Um, and maybe I'm under the radar a little bit like, oh, oh yeah, maybe I did, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. maybe I do have to own something in this mm-hmm. conversation. And one of the things that I can do is I can just walk away, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I'm going to, I don't, I don't want to be in this conversation anymore. So it's just a, it, it's a power move, but it's manipulative. Yeah. You wouldn't think of that as manipulation. Like I'm not trying to get you to admit something or give me something, but in a sense I am manipulating the situation. But yeah. Just, I can use silence. Yeah. Silence. Right. I, I remember a college professor of mine, he shared a story when he had his first um, spat with his wife and he got in his car and left. And uh, she kind of called him and said, you need to come back to the house. And he came to the front door and, and he, she said to him, we're not going to play the pout and chase game. That's, we're not going to do that. But, but, but that's another... How manipulative of her to say that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, that was so manipulative. <laughs> but I think that was your point, right? <laughs> there's a lot of ways, a lot of ways we do that. Uh, we, we pout, we, uh, we, we, we one-up the person. Mm-hmm. Well, you hurt me worse. Yeah. You've done worse to me. Every time I do that, you do this. We manipulate the dynamic. Um, we we threaten. I mean, we can threaten. I'm a parent of four young kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you get kids to do stuff that you yeah. want them to do. Right. And I told myself, I'm never going to threaten. And then you get stressed and you're like, if you don't do this, yeah. right. then this. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that's interesting how the differences between how spouses manipulate each other, how parents manipulate children, how children manipulate parents. Um, how coworkers manipulate each other. Um, it, it's all, it, it can be very, very subtle. Like if you work with somebody who's, who's kind of high conscientious person and, 
and you know that they're going to be bugged if this thing doesn't get done. And you might just say, listen, I'll just do it tomorrow. And you'll know they're going to do it. And you leave and, okay, you're sort of manipulating the situation to get something you want. Yeah. Rather than saying, could you do this for me? Or, or whatever. Um, and I think we can do that in a way that we're not even aware of it. Like, for instance, here's what are some everyday examples? Um, have you ever tried to pick out a Netflix movie? <laughs> with another human what, what under like two minutes and a two minute time limit <laughs> yeah like what a dynamic you don't want to say what you want to watch the other person doesn't really want to i don't so what is going on there i don't want to have the responsibility of this awesome decision that we're about to make to <laughs> yeah you. hey what do you want to watch i don't yeah that's fine i don't care anything <laughs> oh i was thinking about a documentary okay <laughs> right. right. And with a tone of voice, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it all comes out. It all, yeah. And it's that, it's what restaurant, like, I don't care what restaurant, but I really don't, you know, and it's the sense of I'm manipulating the situation in a way that I'm not even, it's like autopilot. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, um, what do you want to watch? Well, I've been wanting to watch this movie for a long time, or this movie also would be good. Or what do you want to watch? And you actually list a couple concrete movies. And then we decide among the four. I mean, that's typically not what happens. Yeah. Or restaurants, it's the same thing. I mean, you know, I've been wanting to go to this restaurant. Uh, somebody said this restaurant was good. Uh, what about you? List a couple, pick one of the four. Typically, it's not that. And part of it, it's like I don't want to pick. If I pick the restaurant and it turns out bad, well, now it's on me. <laughs> sure. Right? Yeah. So I want to pick the restaurant without the responsibility of picking the right, the awesome responsibility of yeah. picking the restaurant. So, well, well, then what's the solution to that problem is manipulation. Yeah. I, I basically <laughs> pick it, but I'm, I, I didn't pick this restaurant. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think it's so subtle, we don't even notice Yeah, it. we don't catch it anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's so ingrained in kind of our actions and reactions and what we do. I, I think, too, uh, this, the church, we as Christians can probably be a little guilty of pretend nice. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to say what I really want, or I don't want to communicate directly because I, maybe that comes across selfish, yeah. and I don't want to appear selfish, so I'm just going to, like, what? I'm probably going to somehow manipulate the circumstances or right. try to, right. or the conversation to what I, I need. Right. And so, yeah, that's a good one. Like, how do churches manipulate? How do church leaders or pastors or ministry leaders or small group leaders, um, anybody with some level of, of spiritual authority or whatever, we can be very prone to preying on somebody's sense of... Mm -hmm duty or guilt mm -hmm. like they're already feeling somewhat guilty because i'm not the person i'm supposed to be mm -hmm. well you could uh you could work in my ministry and work off some penance mm -hmm. you know for your yeah. badness yeah we don't say we don't say that of course and we don't consciously think that but there's this undertone of really you owe it to me mm -hmm. uh which you don't i mean they don't owe me anything they should be taking this step into god's mission and i should be encouraging that step into god independent of me or independent of what i what i need but it all happens so subconsciously because I, you know i'm looking for a reason for something i want i just i tell myself a pretty story and then that's what it is yeah yeah
Well, I think, I think that reminds me of just a few questions to ask for self-reflection. You know, if I'm starting to notice the ways I do this, some questions to ask myself is, what do, what do I really want in this moment? Because sometimes if I say that out loud, um, that's, that's the thing that I need to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe, what do I think I need mm-hmm. in this moment? Because I think manipulation gets to a more a deeper insidious level when, oh, I'm not getting my needs met from this relationship or from you, so therefore I need to, uh, you know, guilt trip, mm-hmm. shame, right. you know, use power, use right. money to manipulate right. you to meet mm-hmm. my needs, whatever it might be. So what do I want? What do I think I need, you know, in those moments? So yeah, manipulation involves me in a, in a sense not being straight with myself, mm-hmm. first of all. Yeah. Because I could, what do I really want here? And then I might come to the conclusion that the thing I really want isn't a good thing. I mean, so right. let's just stop right now. Exactly. This is not something that's good for me or anybody. Um, you know, what I want is to punish you. What yes. I want is to make you feel bad. Yes. What I want is something that's bad. Uh, and maybe if I was honest with myself, instead of telling myself a pretty story, I, I would maybe stop a little sooner or be able to say that. Like right now, I'm angry and I want to punish. Um, but I think that requires some level of honesty. Mm-hmm. I mean, so all of the elephants are some level of dishonesty that's conscious or subconscious or unconscious that if we could be honest, then, uh, you know, that, that would in a sense slay the elephant. Um, do I ever want to be manipulated and what is that? Hmm. Well, that's, uh, that's that's hitting on I, I feel like so there's instead of breaking categories for me when I think about this and there are manipulators and there are the manipulated, mm-hmm. I would say we can probably we have parts inside of us to do both. Yeah. There's parts of me with different people or circumstances that I can manipulate or try to. And then there's parts of me in other relationships where I, for whatever reason, am easily manipulated. I can go along with there's some need of approval mm-hmm. that I have with this person or I need to keep the peace. And so I don't want right. to stand up and assert myself. So yeah, there is something, if I find myself, um, being manipulated or feeling like I'm manipulated, that is the, that's the hard question to ask is, okay, but what about this? Do I, what about this agreement do I actually like? Yeah. What part am I playing and what am I getting out of being manipulated? Yeah. And I think part of it is I'm not responsible for the situation. If I can say, well, you've made me do it coerced me, manipulated me, well, then it's on you. Yeah. Uh, and there's some sense of, you know, the restaurant discussion. So I, I made part of me wants you to pick the restaurant mm-hmm. or whatever, or mm-hmm. the movie, um, or being made to do something. And then, you know, I can tell myself a story that lets me off the hook if something doesn't go well. And I think for some people, a lot of life is that way mm-hmm. where I'm constantly, I feel like I don't really have agency. Yeah. Right? And that, and that's a really, uh, that is a, a significant point. I think when we're talking what transformation is, and I think there's a statement inside of us, some type of vow that goes something like this, because you're you, I can't be me. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's your fault. Right. You because, manipulated me. Right. I'm out, you're I'm, powerful. I'm you're scary. Right. Yep. You're da-da-da, tin list. And because of that, I can't be me. Mm-hmm. And I, 
And and that's and a, you're to blame. Yes, and you're. And your I'm fault. safe. Yeah. It's your fault. Yeah, yeah, and that 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 there's some stark warnings in the in the scriptures about who gives account for who, mm-hmm. and the account that we give as you know adult listeners is we right. give those accounts for ourselves. Right. right. Which you know the idea of standing before the Lord and explaining, you know, how my parents or my wife or my kids made me do this or that is absurd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, they held me back. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is absurd. Yeah. It's absurd, but it is absurd once we bring it out into the light. But I think there's sort of a subconscious version of that where, yeah, I would do a lot more. I'd do better. I'd do this. I'd do that if I was not controlled, manipulated, held back, tied down, whatever the story might be, as if now I'm not responsible for my life, where there's nothing in the gospel or nothing in the biblical narrative that lets me believe that for a second, but it's a pretty easy thing to believe. Yeah, and I, I think uh, to, to phrase it with this, there's validation, but not for victimization. Mm-hmm. There's the, the yeah, that happened to mm-hmm. me or you, and that's hard, and that, right. you know, hurt and all. There's validation for those things, and yet there's a call to responsibility mm-hmm. for each human being. In yeah, how world. I respond in this moment is completely my responsibility. Yeah. Um, so... It, that being said, what, um, why do I manipulate? If so, if, if there's this why I'm like being manipulated, what are some, what are some, what does my manipulation of you say about my understanding of the gospel, my understanding of my identity in Christ, my understanding of God's lordship over all things? What is that really saying about my own under, functional working understanding of those things? Well, I think, to me, this brings this uh, scope out. So like a, uh, we've been in a close-up Zoom on living room and relationships, uh, but if you kind of zoom out into a cosmic scale, uh, humanity's probably up to this a lot with life, mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. Um, I can control or manipulate God by being really bad. I'm in charge of my life. I'm the rebel. Um, that's a form of manipulation. Or I can like the Pharisees, mm-hmm. I can be really good. Mm-hmm. I'll pray a lot. Right. I'll do all the right things right. to ensure the right outcome, right. you know, protect me from pain, mm-hmm. whatever else. So, so we, in a, in a way, a lot of the ways that children might manipulate their parents, we might be doing the same things towards God in a sense. Yeah, I think so. Being and, the good child, right? Being the bad child, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it's for, I need attention, or mm-hmm. I need, uh, you know, keep the peace, or I need somebody off my back, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Um, but I think, you know, your question is, um, when when I'm doing that, why would I be doing that, and what does the gospel invite me to? And one of the reasons is, we try to take the promises of God, and you see this throughout Genesis to Revelation, and we try to make them happen yeah. in our time, right. on our terms. You because know. I can't trust God that he'll make them happen in his time and that his time will be good. Yeah. I need to jump in and make it happen. So it's Abraham, it's Abram with his handmaid. Like, I'm just helping God out here. I'm manipulating the situation, obviously. Yeah. Not working. Uh, the promise is not going to happen. I don't have an heir. Um, and that it's that thing over and over and over again where it's, this is a good thing, really. It's a good thing I'm trying to do here. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to get you to do something good or whatever it might be. Uh, but if I take agency away to some degree and try to force you or manipulate you into doing it, then I'm really violating you. And I'm really 
mistrusting God. Yeah, I think mistrust is a really good word. There's definitely a lack of patience. Um, you know, one of the things we see in how long God's promises come to pass in the Bible is that he's not in a hurry. He's really not in a hurry. And many generations died without seeing the promises that they were supposed to have. You see this in the book of Hebrews. Uh, and they they died right, in right. faith, and they didn't get the promises right. they that saw they were from a distance. From a distance, yeah. it's yeah. Moses dying on the you know the yeah. eve of the promised land right. entry. Right. Um, and I think that's a good paradigm for uh, pushing against the way we want to manipulate life for God. Um, it's this patient, settled trust. And so, if I um, if if the promises of God are really about me then I feel some justification in trying to manipulate the environment to try to get them to come true for me. Hmm. But if the promises of God are really about him and his faithfulness, and if I'm really identified with him, then I don't have to own them. And I think that's, we want the promise of, of the promised land. If like we're Moses, it's like, well, I, the promise didn't come true. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. It just didn't, you didn't experience it the way you thought you were going to experience it. And I think that's where, and that's okay. I can trust God with that. And I think that's where we just have trouble with. And then all of a sudden we assume a bunch of promises he didn't make to us. He promised me that nothing bad's going to happen to me. He promised me that I'd live in a four bedroom house, you know, in the suburbs. He promised me two new cars. Well, actually he didn't promise any of those things to us. Uh, And so, um, you know, can I rest in what God really has given me? And if not, I'm going to try to do something to protect myself here. So I'm not so exposed. Well, and I think I liked your statement about, do I think the promises of God are about me? Because I think we can either see ourselves as a part of the larger story, or we can see ourselves as the larger story. And to me, the, you know, uh, spiritual growth process to being more Christ-like is from going that, oh yeah, I have this huge thing called an ego, and Mm -hmm. I think the story is about me. Yeah, right. Uh, Christ died so I can have everything I want. Exactly. Yeah to going to the death of that so that I can see, oh no, I'm a small part of this very large story Mm -hmm. that's still going on. And I, and all I'm called to do is play my part well. Yeah. Cause I think the par the paradox or the mystery of the gospel is that I die to myself. I'm a living sacrifice. I'm least. And that is the route to this abundant life that he has offered to me. And that's the, the opposite of manipulation, where we want to be better and earn more so that we get more favor. And, and really, it's the opposite. Can I trust that in renouncing a bunch of stuff that I want to try to get from the world or dying to it, that I can get the life that God has for me so I don't have to ma- manipulate anyone? And, you know, st- strangely, in that case, nobody has power over me either. Like, it's difficult to manipulate me when I'm dying to all the things you're going to use to manipulate, right? And I think that's gold right there. If you guys are writing stuff down, I think that's gold. I think that's what Paul means when he talks about wholeness and uh, reaching mature personhood, because uh, 
manipulation is an adolescent. It's a toddler and adolescent game. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we grow up out of it, we realize we don't need to do it anymore. But then we're not that threatened when it when its attempts come our way. Because we don't fall prey to it. We can see it more clearly. We can see it more clearly, yeah. but we're not, we, we don't need to attack the person. We don't need to, you know, manipulate them. Right. The we're, tools of manipulation don't threaten us. They don't much. threaten us anymore. We're rooted and grounded yeah. in Christ. We're rooted and grounded in who we are. To mm-hmm. use a psychological term, we're differentiated. Mm-hmm. I can be me, mm-hmm. and you can be you, and we can be grown ups right. here. Right. And God never manipulates us. Well, that's right. good. Right. Yeah. He's straight up where this is the story you're in, this is who you are. Uh, it will be difficult, probably well nigh impossible, to actually try to live fully in the story, but that in in Christ's strength, I can live more and more fully in the story and discover that it's it's not a bait and switch. It's not you know, it's it's not the thing I was trying to get. It's the thing maybe I was trying to avoid, but it's the thing that brings blessing. Uh, anyway, this the sense that what I'm wired to do in our consumer, me-first, narcissistic, manipulation-prone culture is the opposite of what leads towards spiritual maturity in the life God yeah. has for me. Mm-hmm. And I think the more I recognize that, the more I, I'm going to be on the lookout for the ways in which I manipulate mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Because if you're not a boisterous, loud, you know... Uh, commanding person you might think well i don't manipulate people but you just do it in a different different yeah, way yeah yeah weakness uh, is also a good manipulator mm-hmm. i'm i'm frail mm-hmm. i'm sensitive yeah it's not safe to say that it, to yeah me. you can't speak those right. uh, you can't give me right. feedback because right. that will hurt my feelings right. and so basically this is really hard to hear because those people are probably not cruel people right they're not right. mean um, but they've learned a strategy of using weakness and sensitivity to manipulate those around them to walk on eggshells. And that's just as powerful as threats and anger. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you teach people mm-hmm. how to do that. So, I, yeah, for me, I, I think, you know, if you, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the manipulator, um, but if you are catching yourself and you feel, oh, I feel like I'm being manipulated and I didn't have vocabulary for that, mm-hmm. I'm starting to recognize that more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the, you know, surrender for the manipulator, but then, um, you know, grow into strength mm-hmm. for if you feel like you're being manipulated. It's not, don't hit the eject button necessarily on the relationship, mm-hmm. but can you start to shift the dynamic a little bit? Can you maybe not feed into when you start to notice manipulation and not play along? Because you're being invited to play. Right. Can you can you just calmly, quietly to yourself? I'm not going to play. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I'm not. I, I'm not going to play the pout and chase game. Right. If you will. I'm not going to do it. Instead of responding to that form of manipulation with another form of manipulation to try to say, let's not play this manipulative game. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there's a, that's a, it seems like surrender seems like weakness, but there it's, it's strength yeah. that surrender that leads to then agency. Um, so people who might, uh, people who might struggle with this message, people who've been maybe in a abusive relationship, toxic home relationship where they feel like they were constantly manipulated and had to develop a whole bunch of defensive mechanisms and so I'm like what do I do without my defenses like 
So what what is that? I mean, what do we say to that person to, um, you know, you know, because there are people, there are bad people around. Mm-hmm. Or to maybe a slightly less heavy example, hey, in the workplace, you know, this person and this person does this and this person is doing this. And if I don't get in there and do it, then I'm going to be left behind or I'm not going to get promoted or they're going to get the raises or whatever the thing is. Uh, and the reality is we do live in that that world. So what, what is, what is our response to that or what are some responses to that? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, again, back into the Samson dynamic, he had been promised, um, and been set up to be a deliverer, Mm -hmm. a judge Mm -hmm. and to protect Israel. Right. Right. Um, and so he, he's got the promotion you know, it's there. Right. It's coming down the right. pike. He doesn't have to manipulate to get what God has for him. And I think at the end of the day, uh, we have to ask the question, can I, you know, I have to look myself in the mirror at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Can I do that with that integrity still mm-hmm. intact? Yeah. Or am I betraying myself sure. on several different yeah. levels to, to get into the game yeah. for self, you yeah. know, preservation, mm-hmm. for self-promotion? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever it might be. And I think there are, that's, you know, the real circumstance you bring up of people who've experienced, um, you know, abusive, um, hyper-controlling relationships, they probably need someone, they need a third party. Yeah, they need help. They need help. You need a a third party. Uh, You know, I learned this in a recent trauma training uh, that, you know, if if there's kids and teenagers in an unsafe environment, you're not helping that kid to let down and be vulnerable in that environment. Mm-hmm. That's not good for them. Yeah. You're you're helping them just survive in strategies. Right. So similar if it's yes. a, an abusive spouse relationship, right. you're not, you know, your invitation is not I'll just be more vulnerable yeah, in real you. time. That's not going to work. You no. might need some help, you might need distance and uh, but I do think this part of the answer might be let's say in the work environment is do I if, do I believe I need to manipulate to achieve God's purpose in my life. And, you know, you ask that question, we're asking, that, it's a, you know, the Christian might would say, well, of course not. But of course not translates into, well, I've got to do this in the work environment or I won't, or I won't, or I won't. And I think a part of that is, can I trust that God has a way forward that's maybe different? And, um, you know, there are examples of the Bible of, of, you know, Daniel or whatever who did different things and, we're blessed anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of that is surrender, not only to the, another person, but surrender to God that I'm going to trust that you have a different way or a better way or, or what, whatever my, my, uh, my, my fate is in your hand. Um, back in, so it, back to the culture thing and, and, and what do I really want? It reminds me of the whole college admission scandal, right? Mm-hmm. And, privileged, wealthy people trying to manipulate the system or buy their way into the system or both to get their son or daughter into an elite university. Now, there's something about that scandal, I think, that speaks to our culture, but it's pretty naked manipulation, and it's pretty... uh, The people in it are openly justifying it to themselves. I think that's what fascinates me is the rationalizations that we come up with to justify our manipulation, um, you know. It's, well, I'm just trying for the best life for them. Yeah, my, I, I'm just. I want them to yeah. have what's best. They could never 
it's too hard. They right. can never get into that place right. on their own. Right. Well, maybe right. then that's they're not supposed right. to be there. Right. <laughs> right. When the reality is them earning whatever spot they would get on their own is actually the best way forward for them. We don't really believe that. I need, and partly, I want to be the provider, right? So that's part of the manipulative strategy is I'm going to manipulate the world to get you something and I'm the savior, right? That's I'm good. justifying myself. Um, speak for a minute about differentiation and the, the principle of being well differentiated and how that plays into manipulation. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, in the last 20 20-ish years, um, a ton of the books on marriage that we've seen in the Christian world have done a really good job at promoting unity mm-hmm. in marriage, the oneness. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what marriage is about. Right. It's about oneness. Right. Um, one of the things that, because of that focus, uh, one of the things that we miss is what about independence? Mm-hmm. What about autonomy? What about personhood? Um, so I, I would argue this, one of the things that we've done, if we take those, those writings seriously and, 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 uh, sincerely is we've created a codependent, um, you know, Christianity in marriage, as opposed to, can you be you and, and maybe your dream and call and visioning doesn't exactly overlap with mine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we're not out doing the same thing. Maybe mm-hmm. we are. Maybe mm-hmm. that's certain people's mm-hmm. stories. But you can be you and you can have your personality and emotional makeup and whatever that is. And I don't need you to change in order for me to be me, mm-hmm. in order for me to be who God made me to be and to dream my dreams. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're dreaming in the context together, but we may not be wired the same. Right. So how do we do that? Right. And I think th- there's this healthy balance to the conversation of if I can be rooted in who I am and completely allow you to be that, then it really diffuses manipulation. Yes. Because I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to get you, it's not out of insecurity then mm-hmm. that I need you to be like me mm-hmm. or Never affirm heard. me or approve of me. I feel approved of mm-hmm. because I'm bought, mm-hmm. you know, by Jesus on right. the cross and you're approved of. So we don't have to play that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The idea that I can't be a good husband unless you're a certain person as a wife or vice versa, that I can't be the person God's calling me to be unless you fill in the blank. Right. Uh, and that's poor differentiation. Being well differentiated is you can be you and I don't need you to be something else so that I can feel like I'm me or safe or, or whatever. And I think if we are able, that's all rooted in my own view of my identity in Christ and yeah. who I am and who God's made me and the promise of God for me that um, can God's plan for my life, can God's purpose for me, can he enact that if none of the circumstances around me change? And I think the answer is yes. Yeah. But we often functionally believe as if it's no. And we have to manipulate other people uh, so that God can fill in the blank. Uh, that, that, that's gold, too. There's another note-taking opportunity right there. Can I be me if none of the circumstances around me change? And I think, oh, my goodness, that question just gives me the chills because one of the things we're so good at distracting ourselves with is, well, if I can change this and right. then I can change that, and, oh, when that changes, when we right. get to that stage of life, then this 
when it just keeps us yeah. it's like i'll write the symphony now. tomorrow yeah tomorrow never actually live now exactly yeah. we're yeah. not living today right yeah. now and, th- and that's faithfulness in christ is today yeah i can't be faithful today for tomorrow i can right. only be faithful today for today and then in a way that's like an excuse making for me not being faithful what is god calling me to, what does faithfulness look like today and i think that's a question that if i'm really focused on I probably will be less concerned with manipulating other people because that's a pretty heavy question. That's good. Well, I think that's it for our time for this day. Um, we would like to manipulate you with listening longer or rating <laughs> us higher or whatever, five stars or smiley face or thumbs the, up. Our tone of voices aren't like just, you know, savvy, manipulative enough. They just keep listening. I hope they are. Oh, they are. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in the yellow room. So we just thought you should know that. Right. We're in the yellow room at Gallery <laughs> Church. Uh, and we will see you next week. Uh, and I don't know what we're talking about next week. New series. New series. New series. Judges. Yeah. Yeah. That's yes. definitely rogue. Oh, That's all yeah. rogue conversations oh, yes, right there. They did what they wanted in their own mind. Yeah. Uh, until then. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.